Hi folks, how's it going? Cam's here with Quoth the Camzer, just passing a sign that says Welcome to Scotland. Excellent, I'm on the M74, just returning from Halifax, where I attended the 10th annual Acoustic Soundboard Gathering. What an amazing time, absolutely brilliant. Left Halifax at half nine this morning, it's now 20 past 12, arrival time 10 past 2 in Ardrossan, aiming for the 320 boat. And I'm feeling refreshed, I'm feeling kind of emotionally charged in a really good way, you know, like I've just been for a kind of weekend long therapy session and it's, it's the most amazing thing. I've just recorded an episode of Acoustic Guitar I.O. So I spoke at length there about my feedback on the HB10 gathering. So if you want to check that out, that's the place to go. I'm not going to repeat it all here in case I've got people listening that listen to both shows. Suffice it to say that I am I'm buzzing just from having had such an amazing experience. And uh, do you know what? I would do it again and again and again. And I'm pretty sure that I will. I will do just that. So yeah, in terms of in terms of mental health, how was it for me? Well, recording interviews, dealing with speaking to people that I've never met, dealing with rooms filled with people, um, being away from family and comfort and routine. Going away on weekends like these are filled with, with things that would traditionally make me uncomfortable. And when I think back to the first gatherings I used to go to, which would be the ones at, at Little Brothers Acoustic Jam in the great state of Georgia, USA. I used to go to them from 2005 until 2008, so it's five, six, seven, eight, four in a row. And each year I would find myself feeling like a fish out of water and forcing myself to go and join in. And sometimes it would get the better of me and I would go to the room. I usually had a room in Little Brother's house. He was good enough to put me up because I was a, a long distance traveler. And I would find myself wanting some space on my own and feeling a bit of fear about stepping back outside into the group and I never really got over that and I never really understood it if I'm honest I still don't but I have got better at not giving into that so initially I got sober in 2005 does that mean actually let me think I was definitely drinking at the first Little Brother Jam I went to and I wasn't drinking so that means 2004 was my first one 
Yes, of course, because my daughter had her six-month birthday while I was there. Okay, yes. We're clear now. It was 2004. I was drinking and I didn't get drunk. I didn't get blackout material. I didn't get obnoxious. I think partly because I was playing guitar so much during that weekend that I didn't really have time to get leglessly drunk. I'm just going to take a drink, hang on. But probably that drinking got me out of the room no problem at all because that having looked back at my sobriety over a sort of 14 year period I know that drinking was the thing that made, would, would make me make phone calls even you know I'd, I'd struggle with phone calls as I still do to some extent but when I was drinking I was I would phone people all the time I would feel the need for company. I would, I would desire company, and so you know, I'm convinced that drinking was. I did drink because it got me out of that feeling of awkwardness that I hear many people in AA rooms talk about. So yes, I suspect that my first gathering was not drunken, but also not fearful. I'm not saying that that's why I made friends easily because I did the friends that I made there became lifelong friends some of the best people I've ever met in fact were at that gathering however when I went back in 2005 I got sober September 2005 I remember sitting in the airport in October 2005 with my AA literature and feeling nervous about how I was going to survive another gathering without drinking and truth be told I didn't I actually did drink again but by then I had acknowledged that I was powerless over alcohol and so I I did drink but with the knowledge that I didn't want to so perhaps that second time as well I was able to get over my fears because I was drinking. Maybe that's why I did it, because I was so new into sobriety that I just I just was not equipped to deal with that kind of situation. But certainly the following two years I wasn't drinking and it was interesting because I remember talking to people about it at the gathering and discovering, naturally, that I was not the only one. And I find that wherever I go, wherever I'm comfortable mentioning the fact that I'm in recovery, I often get the response that, yes, so am I. It's interesting, huh? So, yes, but to get back to the fears I was talking about with stepping into busy rooms and and all of that stuff just taking another drink there sorry so um yes I do still feel it when I got to my room on Friday night and I put my bags down I almost felt like sneaking back out again to go and get something to eat on my own but 
this is the interesting thing that I found about this particular gathering above all the others is that this is the first one I've been to really since I started recording these podcasts I'm not talking about the interview shows I'm talking about the vlogging and more recently of course the the podcasting that I'm doing now and I found that my fears were a lot less pronounced than they ever have been before it used to take a lot more will and effort to step into that busy room than it did this time and I am fairly certain that it's because I'm getting used to to talking I don't know if that makes sense it may not even be true but this is what I suspect I'm used to talking in AA meetings I'm used to talking at Masonic meetings and Masonic meetings is another example of my practicing being in social situations and dealing with them by making myself deal with them and I know from feedback from other people that they have no idea that I've got any of these fears going on I've also had the same experience with performing which I suppose in a sense being in a a public situation is a social situation it's a bit like a performance but to be able to relax that's the key I think and I can do that now because this is not the first of these gatherings I've been to but I still do feel that I've got to make myself go and do it but it's getting easier and easier and easier and I, I'm convinced it's because talking this stuff through on the mic getting these thoughts out of my head and formulating them as they come out because when I switch on the device ready to talk I've probably only got the vaguest idea of where I'm going to go for instance I didn't know I was going to talk about alcoholism when I switched the mic on however long ago it was 10-15 minutes and that's where my thoughts have taken me and that's what I'm talking about through you know just meandering around my thoughts and, and allowing them to come out but knowing that I've got that accountability thing because of the publishing aspect I think that's a big part of it and I I'm pretty convinced that this is like therapy for me talking through my thoughts and getting them out into a public forum where I I mean I don't know who listens to them I've not really had much feedback on that particularly with this podcast the Quoth the Kamser one but you know I've said it before in recordings that I don't even really mind that much if nobody listens to these because it has such a huge amount of value to me that I'm just going to keep doing it and it's um, yeah it's therapy that's what it is let's just stick with that word because I can't think of a better way of putting it and I'm sure perhaps that were I to sit with another person and have this not be a monologue but more of a conversation I think perhaps it it may even be better maybe not maybe not 
because you know, this is kind of how the AA format works is that you you speak about your own experience, strength and hope and nobody interjects or there's what they call crosstalk there's no crosstalk in the room so you're free to follow your thoughts and see where it takes you and you know that that's pretty much where my sort of public speaking as it were uh, skill became what it is now so this is just an extension of that I suppose but it's an extension of that that's that's to do with the wider picture it's not all about alcoholism or rather it's not all about alcohol as such it's more about the the ism part of it you know that might not make sense because it didn't make sense to me for a long long time about the, the ism part of alcoholism it's the part of you that makes you feel uncomfortable in your own skin and that the, the alcohol removes but it could be other it could be other symptoms you know drugs or gambling or sex or shopping or you know it could be anything really so Go With The Camzer has become an outlet for me just to to get this stuff out and into the into the public domain for whatever reason you know and if this brings value to anyone else fantastic you know I couldn't ask for more so yeah and the fact now that I'm able to approach people and ask them if they would like to sit down and have an interview and actually conduct that quite successfully at least so I'm told from people that watch and listen to them that's something you know and it's an interesting thing the setup time the, the panic the the adrenaline the the apprehension it's all still there you know it's it's the same muscles that come along with a performance you know the same mental muscles that I'm flexing to the point where you know I'm still making mistakes like for example I was interviewing a, a luthier Rosie of Turnstone Guitars on Saturday morning and the camera that was pointing at me ran out of disc space as I was recording and I didn't look at it so I didn't see the message on the screen that was actually facing me that said disc full so I got 20 minutes of two cameras recording followed by about 25-30 minutes of just the other one recording which thankfully was the one pointing at Rosie and not at me so I had neglected not only to empty the card before I started but I had also neglected to look at the screen during the recording now that's partly because I don't want to appear rude and be concentrating on equipment while I'm talking or listening I want to be listening so I guess I won't apologise too much for that but I will apologise for the fact that I did not check that my camera memory card was empty so that's the kind of thing that happens when I'm in that kind of performance that zone that adrenaline levels are high you know I'm feeling a bit panicky because I'm conscious of the fact that somebody's sitting there waiting for me and I'm not quite ready 
you know, all of these sorts of technical and mental things that, that come with creating content, which I've never really heard anyone speak about on YouTube or on podcasts or anything. And it's a, it's really it's a big part of the process. It's the same as when I'm performing and, you know, I'll take my capo off as a kind of nervous tick and I will clip it onto my microphone stand but my brain will not be following the process. I'll be talking to the audience while I'm doing it and then later on I'll come to look for my capo and have no idea where it is because my brain hasn't registered what I was actually doing during that nervous tick kind of phase you know, so that's another side of my sort of mental health that I'm going to have to to make allowances for, to strategize for, to plan for. And, and another thing I was conscious of was things like you know having to go back to my room to get a piece of equipment and feeling like fear of missing out or feeling like. I wanted to get there as quickly as possible and back down as quickly as possible and I would leave cables lying everywhere and I wouldn't know where cables were because I'd put them down and hadn't thought about where, where I'd put them, you know. So, you know, these are my own kind of, let's call them, I don't know, what will we call them? Character attributes or failings or flaws, flaws maybe, I don't know. mental processes that I'm, now that I'm aware of I can actually start to plan for them a big part of that is packing where do I put certain pieces of equipment but that needs to come through experience because you know if I've only travelled maybe two or three times with my gear I still don't remember entirely where I've put everything I had five bags I think all together with different equipment and different parts of each bag and you know there was an, an instance where I had three batteries that needed to be charged oh goodness sorry about that apparently there's a, a hazard ahead according to my sat nav so yeah I, there was a battery charger in my bag and I know that I had packed the figure 8 power cord for the charger but I couldn't find it and I hunted and hunted eventually gave up and didn't put the batteries on charge because I was getting into kind of panic mode eventually did find it and then having found it remembered putting it in a certain part of the bag telling myself I must remember but I didn't remember you know so that will come with experience as long as I learn to put things in the same place each time which is a strategy isn't it you know I know that from experience now that I won't remember but if I put it in the same place again chances are it'll sink in a wee bit better so I don't know if this is interesting for anyone or not I just find it well it's interesting to follow all these processes myself but it's also interesting that I have not heard anyone else talk about these things when it comes to making content in the field so, you know, I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> so how are we doing? It's 12.40 now. That gives us just quarter past two we're looking at for our draws. And 
Sometimes I'll catch the 320 when I get home. I may have a disco nap, empty the car, probably some shopping will be required. And then I'm out for a Masonic practice tonight. It's kind of a bummer, but you know, gotta do it, gotta do it. And uh, yeah, future time. It's going to be so exciting. You know, I haven't been this happy for years and years and years. Building up a business based on my passion. Such an exciting thing. And this weekend has shown me that I can do it. And the feedback I've had from my peers, my fellow guitar geeks, has been absolutely wonderful. The support that I get, you know, it means the absolute world. So, yeah, I'll stop there. I think that's been quite a long little episode. I'll get my book back on. But I would actually like to talk a bit about my book, if you will indulge me. I'm reading Stephen King, It. This is my third time. I've got it on audiobook for the first time. The first time I read it, I think, was when I was 19. Uh, just after my my accident while I was in recovery. Second time was when I was abroad in 1995, when I was in Ukraine. So it was a bit different because I was older. How much older? Uh, five years maybe. <coughs> and now I'm reading it again at the age of 47 still, yes, I'm still 47. Uh, I'm finding it starting to mean different things, but the thing that attracted me to that story over and above everything else is the power of friendship and the way that Stephen King talks about love at a young age, because that's something I experienced that has stayed with me, and which now I look back upon as, as having been real, but also... You know, because I'm watching my own kids now, my daughter in particular, who has a boyfriend. And, you know, it's got me remembering back to how that was for me at that age. But also the power of friendship, because... You know, I'm not going to spoil the book, but it starts out with a bunch of 11, 12-year-olds who form a group, and the power of that group becomes stronger than the sum of the parts, if you know what I mean. And then as adults, they come together again for similar reasons as they did, you know, as they were, when they were kids. And I find that it reminds me of my own childhood, you know, because the friendships that we formed growing up around Prestwick and in many ways are still, are still there, you know. And I know that that's a powerful thing and I'm very grateful that I have that in my life. So that's, that's why I love these this particular book so well. Why I'm enjoying listening to it again. So that said, folks, I'm going to go and listen to it some more. Well, thank you for listening. And I will speak to you again very soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye.